People who are not classy call things classy. A booby bar. Exactly. I worked for a booby bar in Toronto. Hang on. <laughs> you started this by saying you weren't really horrible. Was I that horrible? <laughs> that um, doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. Then it might add. And you can't edit that out. What the hell? I was like, there's nothing about this blazer that screams authority. Welcome to Table Wine. Wine with an H. Uh, H for hefty. I was thinking more horrible. Horrible. This is a podcast where we chat about working in restaurants. I'm Allison. I'm Pierre. So we are going to be talking about horrible bosses. Um, but first, important things to take care of is I'm feeling mm, quite parched. I so got the wine water. last week. <laughs> no, I'm not thinking that. Table wine, duh. Keep it the content. Last week, I chose Canadian wine and you gave me shit for it. So I am so excited to see what it is that you're bringing to the table today. I gave you feedback, I would say. We did talk about shit, but I gave you feedback. Well, we had a party on Friday night and we opened lots of wine. So then I opened a magnum I had back in my cupboard and it's um, La Sagesse, which is a really delicious Grenache from uh, Garmenon, which is a really nice winemaker in Cote d'Iron. We didn't finish it. We had a little bit left. So I um, took advantage of that. Oh, um, how did we not manage to drink this on Friday? Most people were drinking vodka, beer and like shit wine. This is nice, actually. So I didn't even try it yet. Open for today. So I tried to like research and have something clever to say, but I just got bored, gave up. <laughs> um, and actually one word that like, which I hate that word, but it's quite funny. It's like classy. It is actually I've never classy. heard you use that term before. No, I know. I hate it. I just said. Then why is it coming out now? On Google. And then I was like, mm. Mm, that's such a terrible word for one simple reason. Like, first of all, it's classist. Well, that's a simple reason. People who are not classy call things classy. You mm-hmm. know, it's like very Kath and Kim. To me, it tastes, it tastes rich. It tastes sexy. Yeah, I think it tastes very like adult. Oh. Like clever, thoughtful. You can have that with somebody and you can have a nice conversation. We can have a conversation today, but I'm not sure it's going to be nice. I think it's going to be stupid and uninformed yeah this <laughs> oh that's the goal so you're welcome <laughs> yeah this is definitely it's not a flirty wine no it's it's serious yeah this is like you know you've been together for a while you've run out of conversation and then you bring up that wine to dinner you don't have it on the first date mm. you have margaritas on the first date yeah give me one margarita <laughs> <laughs> That's my anthem for the summer. <laughs> Although I don't think I'm drinking enough margaritas then in that case. It's not margarita weather, that's why. Yeah, that's the thing. So we have to go back to the topic, actually. So tell me horrible bosses. I think you came up with that topic. Actually, before we get into that, uh-huh. I would like to know, in the last episode, we were speaking about eggs. You went on a bit of a, a rant about the idea of being able to find fresh eggs mm-hmm. in London. Yeah. To my surprise this morning when I came over here, you were making me fried eggs. You had fresh eggs from someone's farm. Yeah. So whose H is for hypocrite? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm in my 30s and so are most my friends. And that's what people in their mid-30s do, it seems. They buy chickens and they... Um, well, some people bring bad wine to my parties. Other people bring fresh eggs. And guess which one is better? Fresh eggs, of. 
Uh, but uh, listeners, dear listeners, I um, spread butter on the bread and we all now know that Alison is lactose intolerant, allegedly. And, uh, so <laughs> butter forward. doesn't do anything to me, but maybe it does because I'm always a little bit gassy. Nice. Hey, sorry. If you want to get to know me, this is just it's just one of those you things can to know. Off now. Yeah, I get it from my mother, mom. You know exactly what I'm talking about. She attributes it though to old age. Apparently, as you get older, you fart a lot. But that's, that's not important. Nor on topic. Yes. <laughs> sorry. Okay. Tell us okay, why, okay. why did you choose this topic then? So horrible bosses. Yeah, I think that if you are. A working person, uh, you definitely have had a horrible boss at some point. Maybe you have a horrible boss now. And I find it quite funny. Our original relationship was you were my boss. I think we had a tumultuous time in the beginning at a much better place now. And funnily enough, I'm not really technically working for you right now. So I don't think it was ever a horrible <laughs> boss. It was like a mean boss. See, and this is the thing. When we talk about horrible bosses, I think it's an umbrella term for many different things yeah technically you're a horrible boss but it's not that you're horrible all the time it could just be that you do horrible things from time to time and maybe more often than the average person that's me or horrible bosses in general? i think horrible bosses in general okay for me coming over here i'd never done any management before and back in canada it's like if you work in hospitality uh, in restaurants, you don't really want to be a manager. You make money off of tips. So it's nice to be able to work and then you can get all the money from tips and you don't have the responsibility. So over there, that's basically all I ever wanted to do. So I had never kind of experienced these dynamics. And of course, I bitched about my bosses back then. But this was the first time that I was actually getting a lot of guidance on how to be a manager and be managed so uh, directly by somebody. The whole feedback thing was something to just get my head around. I think at a certain point, I just wanted a break. I just wanted everyone to fuck off and stop telling me, <laughs> do you have a moment? Cause I'd like to give you some feedback. And then you'd feel this little, you'd feel this claw come up <laughs> on your shoulder in the middle of service. And if you know, Pierre, everybody knows this little claw. It's in Adam's family, you know, hand. Yes, the hand, 100%. That's a good way to describe it. I still don't think that's a thing, but every tell, everybody tells me it is. Yeah, but anyways, you get that and it's like, oh God, what's coming up next? I probably wasn't the easiest for you either. And we had a lot of back and forth and uh, many, many meetings to talk about <laughs> our professional relationship and uh, crying over pots of tea. <laughs> That'd be me, not <laughs> you. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't cry over <laughs> pots of tea. There are like the three jobs that I think are just crazy and it takes a certain kind of person to do them. I think like an, an, an anesthetist. Anesthetist. Anesthesiologist? Person, uh, no, it's anesthetist, I think. Oh. Anyway, yeah, yours is easier to say, so we'll go with that. <laughs> like, who would want to do that? Put people to sleep. <laughs> and then the second one, a uh, local government counsellor. And then I think restaurant managers, like, why? It's so much more fun mm. to be a waiter than to be a manager. But you just kind of fall into it, I think. It's funny because I think nobody teaches you how to be a good boss. You just watch up people being horrible bosses. Exactly. And then you, like, slowly kind of peter out what you don't want to be like. But within that, then you, like, become your own horrible boss in a different way. Yeah. You know, I've had like a few horrible bosses. Some of them have turned out to be really good friends, actually. 
but some of them I just stalk on Facebook every once in a while. I'd like to really stalk them on LinkedIn, but then they see that I'm stalking them, which is very annoying. You and can't go incognito it. on LinkedIn. You can't have to pay uh, £35 a month or mm. a year. I'm not going to pay to stalk people. I think you touched on something quite interesting when you said that horrible bosses, you can actually learn something from them. I agree. So in the moment, it might be um, really challenging your mental health and well-being and uh, willingness to be at work. But in the long run... You actually might take something away from it. You learn exactly what not to do and the kind of boss that you don't want to be. Yes. I mean, my favorite worst horrible boss, the one that I would never want to be, is the gaslighter. Hmm. I think they're really fun. Fun? <laughs> fun. <laughs> fun. Okay, go on. Uh, because they like don't even know that they're gaslighting. They just want to be right at any cost. Uh, I've been in, like, I've had many of those, which could have been handy now, like, with all the, you know, gas shortages and expensive gas. Could have lit up a few households with the gas lighting. Um, that doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. It did <laughs> in my head, and you can't edit that out. I think they like the funnest one. I think the worst horrible bosses are the shouty ones. Mm, I don't know if I agree. I think a shouty boss, at least I know exactly what's going on. There's nothing hidden. If it's wrong, then you're going to yell at me or whatever is they're thinking. Maybe it's not wrong, but it's wrong in their eyes. And so yell at me and then I know but what I'm dealing with. Can I pause with. you for a second? I think, uh, and this is like maybe a hospitality thing. We think that yelling, if I'm wrong, is a, is like a normal thing to do. It's well. not, you know, it's like, it's about kind of respect. And I think it's also about, like, effective communication. Like, I think I understand what you're saying. At least you know where you stand. But it's so humiliating. And you can't you can't acknowledge it and, like, have a giggle at it with yourself. You can't... If someone's yelling at you, you can't just giggle inside your head. Whereas if somebody's gaslighting, you go, okay, you have issues. And then <laughs> you walk away. <laughs> you can definitely, like... I don't know. But I see what you mean. Because psychological games are also not great. So if I can't get good communication, then direct and strongly worded communication works for me just fine. That's true. You're very direct as well. So you, you like direct feedback, I think. Yes. Okay. I get confused easily. So I don't want to have to read into too much of what's going on. Just tell me. <laughs> Can I tell you one of my uh, worst bosses, most horrible bosses ever? Yeah, please do. I used to work at a cafe a long, long time ago. Not in London, even. The owner used to be the chef in the kitchen. And, uh, and you know, it's, it's Aussie, so you, like, you pay at the till. Unlike here, where you pay at the table. He used to have a little window above the till. But it was a one-way window. Like, you know, like you have an interrogation rooms. So he could see out, but nobody could see in. You just saw a mirror. This sounds like you're at the DMV. Or uh, what do you call it here? Uh, the place where you register motor vehicles and stuff? No, you can't get holidays from a box. <laughs> the DMV, which is what they serve. But more about that. We'll talk about that trauma separately. Um, yeah, he used to, um, with his wedding ring, um, he used to tap the glass Ew. when a new customer walked in to, like, get you turn your head to the door. But that was so triggering. It's like... I know, but that's yeah, just, just lazy as well. Well, it was actually horrible because it showed a lack of trust. Mm -hmm. When you work with people and when you're managing people, you need to trust them because if you can't trust them, it's not 
damn, you need to be worried about it too, right? You're the problem. But that requires some self-reflection yes. and understanding about who you are. Yeah, so I've had other horrible bosses aside from you. And <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> you started this by saying you weren't really horrible. Was I that horrible? <laughs> no, in the moment, I, w I thought you were horrible. We didn't even speak for long periods. Well, I, I probably that. avoided speaking yeah, to you. Yeah, you didn't speak to me. I yeah. was fine. I just had a break. I'm sure I was, I was annoying. Yeah, I mean, I've been working in hospitality now for, oh, uh, God, 20 years. I think it's coming up too, which is a long time to have experiences working for other people. The first place I worked at, I did drive through for like a fast food shop while I was in high school. And I remember trying to call in sick when it was summertime. And there was a day where it was like all my family was going to go do fun stuff. And I really didn't want to have to go into work. So I tried, I tried to call in sick. The boss just told me to like frig off and come in because he knows I'm not actually ill. And I was like, oh. and I still look back at that because now you've taught me one thing that is if somebody calls in sick, never to question because you never want to be the one who's on the other end of the line being questioned or have to validate you being sick. So you have, you've taught me many things working for oh. you. And then that is something I reflect on now because I thought he was so horrible in the moment. I was like, well, obviously there's a reason why I don't want to come into work. And regardless of whether I'm sick or not, I don't, I'm not in a mental space to be there. You actually said that or you thought that? No, I thought that. I was 16. Of course, I didn't have the words to tell him that. So I feel like I just never question it. Somebody's sick, they're sick. It doesn't matter what made them sick, how sick, you know, mm. because I've also fallen in that trap. And I remember I learned my lesson from a very dear co old colleague of mine who you know, called in sick and I want to ask for a reason. They resisted telling me and I said, well, if you're calling in sick, you've got to give me a reason. Um, it's Saturday night and they said, well, you know, I need a mental health day. And I thought that was so trivial. I thought it was like, what? A mental health day? Just come to work, please. And then of course they didn't. And of course I hung up the phone and I thought, what an idiot. But that taught me a big lesson that not all sicknesses are, are physical. And also I think Legally, you're not entitled to ask people. So why should you do it? Being kind of a manager, you have to, you know, you're leading a team. But at the end of the day, it's within boundaries. You're not their friend. You're not their family member. So you shouldn't intrude too much. Hmm. And, but then there was another place. So when I lived in Toronto, I worked for an owl-themed restaurant. Of course you did. Known for... Oh, I see, I see. I thought you had stuffed owls. Oh, I get it. <laughs> They're known for chicken wings and uh, and boobs. I think people are interested because there's all kinds of stories about working for this chain of restaurants. Restaurants? It's a restaurant-ish. I thought it was a bar. It's Yeah, I guess it's more of like a, a bar. A so, booby bar. A booby bar. Exactly. I worked for a booby bar in Toronto. So yeah, when I went in, I remember going for interview. This was all. I mean, interview was like no time at all. But then when I went and showed up for my first shift... I meet the manager and then you go through these lists of things, which I look back on now, it being kind of funny. The questions were, do you shave your underarms? Do you shave your bikini line? You have to have your legs shaved every day. You need to wear a push-up bra. I mean, it was just like mind-blowing that these are the stuff that's coming up in conversation. And 
I understand that to work there, maybe these, maybe it makes sense to ask these questions, but it was just from like a creepy old man. And then these same guys were also sleeping with most of the staff. Yeah, I don't really know what the managers did other than they would just pick apart our appearances. But that's like, I think that's a very common thing to do at the start of your career, Mm -hmm. where you work in these weird places, especially bars and pubs. I think more so than restaurants. So the restaurants as well, you know, where alcohol is involved and where like conversation and maybe like personality are more important than actual skills. Mm. You end up in these like slightly toxic environments. Mm-hmm. I mean, slightly. I mean, sometimes like, very right. toxic. What you described <laughs> as incredibly toxic. Yeah. I remember walking down the stairs one day for my shift. We always had to wear two pairs of tights and I didn't want to wear I'm two pairs of tights. I'm fascinated by that. I mean, that must make things very sweaty. Well, yeah. I guess they're not good quality tights. So really there was like a lot of room to breathe. You had to do it because that was the image of the girl who worked there. So you needed uh-huh. to have those super tan looking tights. You'd get the color that they would give you. You'd have to go to the shop and get that specific color. And yeah, I came down and I just only had on one pair of tights. And it was the first thing that the manager said to me. He's like, um, Allison, you're looking like a little sheer today. And I was like, oh, because <laughs> I mean, I'm extremely pale. Uh, well, not extremely, but I'm quite pale might seem like you don't have on the two pairs of tights, do you? And I'm like, no. And then they maybe go upstairs and put on the second pair of tights. I liked working there, but there's a lot of things that I look back on now. I'm like, oh my God, I think about currently in my role as a leader, I'm careful about the things that I say. And then to look back on that and just be like, that was not something that crossed their mind to be conscious of what's appropriate. <laughs> what's different not. time and different environment. I mean, mm-hmm. A workplace is a workplace, right? You know, even in places that might not have the standards you have, you know, that you work with them now or whatever, they still have like their own funny standards. And in a way, I actually quite like the way that manager handled it. Like he didn't accuse you. He Mm. asked you a series of questions and gave you the space to tell him he's wrong. So in a way, that's kind of managing the situation well. And I think, I don't know. I, I mean, I just think, I just don't like working in these environments because, like I said, like skills aren't an important part of it. It's more personality and I'd fail at that immediately. As if. So what do you think of some of the things you've done that people would have spoken about you and said, that's fucking horrible? What have I done? I've done so many like weird things. Oh, I like, sometimes I have to let go of a couple of people on a Friday night. That was definitely one of my least successful moments. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I was talking to another manager very recently, and uh, they said, oh, I've just made somebody cry. And that upset me a little bit, because I think that manager was trying to be very constructive to another colleague, and that colleague, you know, took it badly and cried. And I then found myself saying, well, you can't make people cry, which I stand by. Yes. You cry as a reaction to something. It's hard to hear feedback for the first time. And I think, you know, often somebody's reaction is, it's just emotion. And you don't even know why. You don't know where this emotion is coming from. You know, maybe it's not intentional. Maybe they're not processing things the way they would hope to. But it's you just have this bubbling of emotion and it just kind of explodes. And I think because you have to be emotionally present during service and emotionally open, you know, like you have to be raw, actually. Mm. You have to give a lot and take a lot. When you then 
are outside of service in those moments that you describe where you're receiving or giving feedback, it, like you haven't managed to like shut it off yet. You know, that like professional versus personal because you have to give yourself, I think. Mm-hmm. Skills. Yeah, but it's boundaries, isn't it? And I think you learn slowly, but you learn very slowly. And I think it's also a lesson for the so-called horrible boss, if they're open to it, that there is a way and there is a time. Do I need to give this feedback now? Can it wait? Because that's also like, and I think I learned that very slowly, is like, this is not urgent. Yeah, okay, they touch their nose on the floor. (laughs) I know, it's so hard not to. I think this is something I've learned as well, to have the control to realize, okay, this can wait. Because I think my older self would have just been right away, you know, (laughs) don't do this. (laughs) Whereas now it's like, okay, step back for a minute, think about it, is, you know, what needs to be addressed here, take the emotional reaction out of things and wait for a calm moment to then sit down and address it with them, learning. But we're talking about ourselves as horrible bosses. Well, because we are, I mean, we are definitely horrible bosses to some people. We're in positions of leadership. So I think any time that you are in a leadership position, you will be somebody's horrible boss. It is just, it's one of those unwritten rules, no matter where you are in the ladder. If you are in some respect leading others, then those people will always be bitching about you. It's something you just have to take on the chin. It's also like a little bit with horrible bosses is Stockholm syndrome. I've been in so many situations (laughs) where I followed bad managers from venue to venue when they've moved Mm. and like, oh, do you want to come and work with me? And I was like, yeah. And I think I've actually actively stopped doing that. When I change roles, I don't ask people to come with me because I think I feel like people kind of uproot themselves. And often hospitality really depends on that kind of familial kind of fake friendship stability. And if you... Wanting to please them and it's very toxic. Exactly. You bring it with you to another place. Whereas I think that cycle, like it was a very hard lesson when I was a little younger. Your colleagues aren't your friends. Your colleagues may become friends, but because we work together so much and then you like go out afterwards and then go to each other's homes and like Mm. crash and go back to work together. 100%. So you think you're friends and then you leave the job and then you don't see them ever. Yeah. One of the places I worked at back home, it was quite funny because we did all end up being friends. And then there would be these services where like the weekends were so busy. It would start off like a little bit quiet, but then for sure, you know, mid-afternoon shit hits the fan and it gets absolutely wild. And then we had some of our managers and we'd like, and we egged them on as well because So we knew there was food trucks nearby and we'd all just be craving breakfast. And so we'd like send them out to go get us breakfast during service. And it created this whole role where they could leave during service if it was at our request. What the managers would leave. Yeah, but man, we got fucked over for that after this happened a few times because it'd be like they got used to it. And then during busy services, They'd literally like go out shopping or something and then we'd be back in the restaurant and it is wild. There is no one like to really run the restaurant and we are just running off of our feet. Maybe, you know, one bartender on shift who's 
completely messed up from the night before literally bubbles of like cocaine snot coming what? out of his nose that's and such then, a thing oh my god it was so awful and then it would just be it's such chaos and then they'd stroll in just with like a bunch of shopping <laughs> and it's like okay cool i know we've kind of created this relationship but actually really need you here this is not going well gosh i mean that's like absentee bosses <laughs> can you imagine though now like I couldn't leave the restaurant. I can't go out the front door without, you know, telling at least five people where I'm going to be if I have to take a phone call or something. And not during service. No, to, not to during shopping. service. <laughs> it's so insane. You know, you're talking about horrible absentee bosses. Yeah. I mean, that dynamic needs to be dissected for sure. But I was talking to somebody recently uh, who's more junior. And when I discussed kind of, you know, that you have to manage downwards, uh, you have to manage sideways, manage your colleagues and also manage upwards. And I think their brain just exploded. Um, we like sometimes don't realize that, oh my God, I sound like one of the people from Clueless. Sometimes you realize like, um, oh, but I it's love true. That. Yeah. I didn't even notice. It just feels it resonates with me. Yeah. <laughs> But you have, yeah, uh, I know my audience. You do have to um, manage your manager because horrible bosses are human too. You know, they like have their own trauma and baggage and lessons to learn. You know, they're paid enough not to shit floats, as they say, um, especially if you had a bad diet. <laughs> so I think like that becomes kind of something very difficult that you do have to do. I don't yeah. think you come up working in restaurants and thinking that that's an option. I don't think that it comes naturally to anybody to think that they would have to manage their manager. No, it's a hierarchical, isn't it? Mm -hmm. And it's also quite like male-centric, which makes it worse. You end up with a lot of toxic managers. You know what it is? It's a, it's, it's a fucking blazer. Dear listeners, if you happen to open a restaurant, don't have your managers in blazers. The blazer of power. I remember wearing... What did I have on? It was a gold glittery blazer i stopped you, you from doing that yes you hated it you're so annoyed i was like what the hell i was like there's nothing about this blazer that screams authority it's fucking glitter and you wouldn't let me wear it that's probably why <laughs> not that it didn't scream authority it screamed glitter was it new year's eve that's uh... the one night in hospitality you can wear glitter on the floor if you don't work for like a bowling alley right, or like a rollerblade club, Usher's opened mm. his own rollerblading thing in London. Usher? Usher? Tells you a lot about my Instagram algorithm when that's came up. <laughs> my Instagram algorithm is now Harry Styles, Cats, Canada, and then weird dating stuff. It depends on what time of the day you're doing the desk scroll on Instagram also. Late at night, it just shows me all of these things about... It's okay to be single and here's how to get a man and all this shit. I'm like, I think I need to go to bed. <laughs> this is not <laughs> what I need in my world. How funny. I get a lot of memes about mm. cats. Thank you. I do like them. Mark. Who? Mark. Mark, Mark. Zuckerberg. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, let's just do a personal thank you to Mark Zuckerberg for sending us the content we didn't know we needed. Yes. I also, I follow a lot of bad grinder dates. You know, being in a relationship, you have to get those giggles somehow. And I send them to you because I don't think straight people have the equivalent. Mm, of Grindr? No. Your dating apps seem horrendous. They are. I think you're also like sociopathic. I think gay dating apps are psychopathic. <laughs> Why? Vicious. Vicious. I, vicious. I mean, 
I don't know because I've been in a relationship for 10 years and I have to say that on the record because otherwise um, he'll think I'm on Grindr. <laughs> I'm not. I just literally get it from Instagram now. Uh, the fun, not it. They're crazy because whatever I think straight people kind of don't say, dance around, want to say, want to know. Scared. Grindr, they just put it out that's like, that's like must know. Well, you know? the other day I was telling you that I got a, a dick pic and then I just deleted them immediately. And your first reaction is like, what's wrong with you? That's great. <laughs> I'm like, no, sorry. I find it like slightly offensive. And that's not what I need that's, in the need first couple of comments. We need clarity around this. Un, uh, uh, Non-contextual photos of your nang nang is definitely uninvited. But if you're on a, a hookup app and somebody sends you their photo i think that's okay because that's what you're on there for it's kind of a public service you know here it is is that on your shopping list no okay no thanks so i understand why you don't like it because they can be confrontational but i don't think you should be offended that's what i mean i'd prefer that you let me ask for it's it it's better than the surprise that's all i say <laughs> well anyway this seems to be going slightly off the rails so last time we had like the best kind of worst customer. Yes. You can't really talk about those horrible bosses because it can't be like good, bad, I think. The worst are the ones that lull you into false sense of thinking they're a good boss and then are actually horrible. The second worst are the others. Okay, so... The most horrible for me, you think are really good bosses and they show their true colors slowly. Yes. And actually screw you over. The second worst are the others. Mm. I think for me, it's the gaslighters. And, um, yeah, probably the absent manager. But the gaslighters, I don't mind because they're just stupid. Because you, you, can, you can smell the gas a mile away. <laughs> and then what do you do? You just light the fire, you know? <laughs> well, Pierre, what did we learn today? We learned, actually, we did learn something. Oh, we learned that gay dating apps are more fun than straight dating apps. We also learned that you should never send personal photos through Facebook, WhatsApp, or anything uninvited. But no, we're not here to learn anything. I know. Oh, I know. I, I mean, I was surprised that you actually said, yes, we did have something to yeah. learn because my expectation will be nothing. I had a glass of wine. Yeah, that was great. And we enjoyed something that you don't usually like to drink. Yeah. So we had your swill leftover from our Friday night party. Yes. Excellent. So, yeah, thanks again for listening to another episode of Table Wine with an H. Which was horrible.